0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com.
1: Well, hey, before we, before we get into it, I wanted to release something that I felt as I was preparing for this message. God, what do you want to say? Um, besides what you've already told me to say that I wrote down, um, what do you want to say? And I felt he wanted to encourage some people that have seen some things go the opposite direction of what they thought it was going to look like as they close the year and even come into the year and i felt like he was saying the tides are turning the tides are turning the tides the tides are turning towards those who believe god The tides are turning to those who have obeyed God. The tides are turning to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So if you feel like the tides have been against you, if you feel like the waves have been crashing onto your household, onto your finances, onto your family, and you want to believe that God is turning the tide, I want you just to lift your hand in response, in faith that the same God who told you everything was going to be okay is the same God who can make it happen and says he will. So, Father, right now, we surrender every part of our life afresh to you. Father, we thank you that your word says that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. So we turn away from... What it may look like that isn't working, Father, from whatever diagnosis, from whatever our bank account says, from... Whatever family situation we're looking into, Father, we look above. We fix our eyes not on that which we can see, but we fix our eyes on that which is unseen. And that which is unseen is heaven. So we say, Heaven come right now into our life. Heaven come into our businesses. Heaven come into our sons and our daughters. Heaven come into our family. Heaven come into our city. Heaven come into California. We declare the tides are turning in San Diego. We declare the tides are turning. In San Marcos, the tides are turning. In California, the tides are turning. In the United States of America, in Jesus' name, if you believe it, why don't you shout "Amen" one time? Amen. Amen. While we're standing, I want to honor, uh, obviously, the Hubbards. How many love our campus pastors, Pastor Matt, and Michaela? Absolutely love them. Pastor Michaela's preaching at Bressie Ranch, so Pastor Matt's over there, um, over there cheering her on. And uh, I can't think of better people to lead this campus to lead us uh, I know my life my wife's life our family is completely changed because of their leadership their direction their pastoring and uh and so I know we can all be very thankful for them and how many are thankful for pastor you're gonna land our lead pastors come on this pulpit would not be here this church would not be here I would not be here if they didn't decide 17 years ago to move from Australia to a place called San Diego they never been and trust God, and I'm thankful because now we got 10,000 people in San Diego and Salt Lake City with their hands lifted this morning, standing in faith because of them. So one more time, can we give it up for Pastor Juergen and Leanne? Come on, I'm thankful for them. It's her birthdays this week, so make sure to you know reach out on Instagram and wish her happy birthday. And uh, and I honor my beautiful wife, Tanay, Pastor Tanay, and my Brielle, Brielle St. Claude, my beautiful six-month-old, she just turned. And uh can't get enough of them, so I'm very, very thankful for them. So y'all can take your seats. Why don't you slap high fives to ten people? Just kidding, just kidding. Three people, three people. Yeah, you would have to get up. That wouldn't work mathematically, it would not logistically make sense. But I could have made you do it and I didn't. So gratitude today. Hey, we are in a uh we're in a new series, y'all. Come what may. Come what may. I can't say it enough. It's so good. Uh and the reason that we, you know, are doing this series is because we don't just write songs like our team of of worship they don't they don't just write songs that are like their own revelation they write songs that are the revelation of this house they write songs that are revelation of Pastor jurgen Land that then obviously transcends into our people because that's the goal it's it, the goal is to get what's in Pastor jurgen Land to each and every one of us and that's why you know we have this series for the next 2 to 3 weeks about coming what may, no matter what happens to us, no matter what we go through, no matter what we walk through, we're gonna praise God anyway. And so, um, you know, and once again, it's, it's a desire that we all live like this. Um, I came to this house seven years ago, I got saved in this house, and I never thought, number one, I never thought I'd be a pastor, um, my, my, and I didn't think I'd be on the executive team of the church. I, my mom thought I was gonna be a rabbi, maybe. I grew up Catholic and Jewish. So she's like, probably not priest, but you know, I could see he's a rabbi, which was kind of an odd thing. I never wanted to be one. Um, I was a business guy. and so, But I said, you know what, come what may, when I got saved, I said, come what may. Jesus, you have my life, whatever you wanna do. Um, because I came to this house a total mess. I came to this house a wreck in basically every area of life. Like you scaled a one to 10. I was maybe a one uh, as a high point in, in any of those areas. I lost my dad when I was nine years old. I almost, almost lost my mom the next year. And so immediately faced a lot of rejection and a lot of like torment, honestly, and anxiety, fear growing up. And, uh, and then came to this house, had just blown $100,000 of my inheritance, like prodigal son style, show up to the house of God and then realize, whoa, um, there's a story about me in there. Uh, <laughs> It's actually all of us, but, uh, but I was really encouraged because I realized, wow, if I give God my everything, if I give God my praise, then I, 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 like he can do anything in my life. And so seven years later, you know, married, which I, you know, thought it was going to take a lot longer for me to get into a place where I was ready. Thankfully, Tanae didn't see a lot of those things and was ready to jump on in and uh, having a beautiful baby girl, owning a home in San Diego, flourishing business in ministry, like My life is radically different, but I didn't think that God could take brokenness and turn it into beauty, and that's exactly what he does. So wherever you're at today, be encouraged that if you embrace this culture, this come what may, I'm gonna be with God. Come what may, I'm gonna stay in this church. Because there's plenty of times I wanted to up and just, but I said, God, I gave you everything. It's not even my life anymore, so I can't make decisions like this. You made the decision for me. You said, be planted, um, and your life will first. So we're gonna talk about come what may. Uh, Psalm 717 says this, I will praise the Lord according to what's going on in my life. Wait, no, it doesn't say that. I will praise the Lord according to what's in my bank account. I will praise the Lord according to how much Bitcoin I bought in 2010. No, so I didn't buy any. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. His righteousness. It's not about me. It's about who he is. It's not about anything except for who he is. And we'll, praise, and we'll sing praise to the name of the Lord, most high. See, we praise not because things are pretty and awesome and because on this side of eternity, there's gonna be some suffering, there's gonna be some pain, there's gonna be some you know, government officials we're not super pumped about. Uh, there's gonna be things that happen to us and things that we do that aren't necessarily heaven come. Now, the goal is on earth as it is in heaven, but it doesn't always equal out until we get to the other side. But we praise him. We praise Jesus, not because of just what he can do for us, but because of who he is. It's a response of our faith. And it's actually the greatest posture we can live in because in another name for this message that I thought of first, but decided to change it, was, uh, was the silver bullet faith. Because if you think about it, silver bullet, if everyone knows, it's not Coors Light I'm talking about. Uh, even though I used to drink a lot of that. It's like water. Uh, pre-saved guys, obviously. Still enjoy one or so here and then, but uh, empty calories now though. You know, I'm like, I can't, I can't do that anymore, I'm a dad, I can't have a dad bod, so. Uh, but silver bullet is the thing that kills the werewolf, right? So what's the one thing the devil hates? Number one, if you get saved, probably that is the worst thing that could happen to him. The second thing is that we find out what our purpose is, which is partnering with God to expand his church and be the light. And then the third worst thing is that we learn how to praise in the middle of any storm. Because you look in the Bible, you look at a guy like Job, right? Probably, you know, I'm making this up. Maybe he had a net worth of anywhere from, you know, I would say eight to nine figures would be my guess based on how the Bible says how wealthy he was in today's terms. And then he had a bunch of family. He was obedient to God. He worshiped God. And then the devil got permission to mess up his life because he said, if I can take his stuff, if I can hurt him, I can take his, then then he'll stop worshiping me. And yet, Job didn't. Job said, come what may, I'm worshiping Jesus. Yet though he slay me, even if God takes me out, which that isn't God's nature, but even if he did it, I would still worship him. And so that's the kind of worship we wanna have towards God. But if we can be those kind of believers, we can wreck hell. As Pastor Shelley said last week, we will wreck hell because the world does not understand Just like we just came out of unshakable joy, the world does not understand praise in the middle of storms. They don't get it. And if we think about what could actually steal our praise, I love this, I was talking to my wife about this message last night. I was like, babe, what do you think steals our praise? She's like, babe, nothing can steal our praise, but we can give it away. You see, praise is a choice. It's a personal choice that no matter what I'm facing, I can praise God, even if I don't feel like it. There's been plenty of times I have not felt like it but I do it anyway because it's my choice. And if I do that, I know that the devil's shaking his boots and there's nothing that could take me out of my faith. And how we see God is the greatest determinant of whether we'll praise in the middle of fire, in the middle of whatever. And so if we see God right, we can live right. Amen. And if we don't see God right, therein lies a bunch of problems. And I'm thankful that we have a church that came out with a one year Bible that looks like Trix yogurt. It's not, it's not tricks yogurt but it looks like it, tasty. So I wake up every morning, I think of Trick's yogurt and I read my Bible. Praise God. Honestly, I would never feed my kid that though. Like now, like, I don't know. I had a lot of Pop-Tarts. I grew up with, a, I mean, I was a little chubby, but I grew up with some stuff that I would not feed my daughter. This uh, Dr. Matt would probably hit me. So uh, I've learned healthy choices. So the title of this message today is, What Do You See? Because what you see and how you see God determines if you will praise in the middle of storms, which is the greatest thing we can do as believers to be a light to the world around us. See, I found that what we see is often determined by our conditioning, our upbringing, what we learn from our parents, our teachers, our preachers, all those experiences that we've had. We, 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 we see things based on how we were brought up. And so you and I can look at the same thing and see very t- two, two very different things. And so I've come up with some examples that will help us kind of illustrate this point. So I'd love if we could throw up the first picture take a look at that. No, it's not a gender reveal. (laughs) And no, no forest caught on fire because of this picture. It's just colors. Now, this might, you know, this may hit or not, but I grew up with this thing that would happen every once in a while where I'd wonder, I wonder, and it would just come out of nowhere. It would literally come out of nowhere. I had this thought, oh my gosh. And I started tripping out. I was like, if, what if my blue is someone else's green? What if my yellow is someone else's brown? What if we're seeing totally different, anybody ever, is that just me? Anybody, ever, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know why I would think like this, but we can see the same thing, but maybe you see differently. And if, you know, if, if you're colorblind, if you currently are, believe for healing, but you would see different things, right? Okay, next slide, next slide. This is stock market dipping, or at least it's one stock dipping, but we're imagining it's stock market dipping. Some people see, oh my gosh, I'm losing a bunch of money. Other people could say, wow, I'm about to get rich. It's based on how you see and how you're brought up and how you think determines what you see when you see a dip. Okay, next slide. This is a good one. (laughs) Stay with me. The last service booed immediately. I couldn't get my point across, so don't do that yet. Don't do that yet. Wait, just wait. Some people see credibility, some people see authority, some people see trust, and then other people see blank. Whatever you're, don't, okay. We're in church y'all, come on, take, is that an F-bomb I, I don't think I heard that. Okay, next slide. Uh, Okay, this is the weather forecast for this week in Salt Lake City. I got people over there that I know that are wearing shorts and flip-flops and t-shirts In California, we're like, is Jesus coming back this week? If it gets that cold, I get nervous. Hence why I moved back. (laughs) Number of reasons, I love Salt Lake City, it's just not for me. So how you and I see things can be different based on how we grew up, what we believe. But there's one thing that shouldn't depend on how we grew up or our filters or our mindsets or our opinions. And that's how we see Jesus. You see, as believers, we're actually meant to see Jesus all the same way. We're not meant to have our own opinion, our own version of Jesus, and then call it the same thing. That's called Christian Buddhism. And I know that sounds funny, but it's actually a term. And it's a term for people who say, I'm a Christian, but they don't follow the Christian, the Jesus of the Bible. They follow their own version of Jesus because it's easier, because it's more convenient. Because with their Jesus, they don't have to tithe. With their Jesus, they can kind of support abortion and support all those other things. With their Jesus, they can live how they want to and not live obstructed. But that's not the Jesus we follow. And so the goal for us as believers is to read this, which thankfully we do as a church together, and every day we can learn more and more about how God has revealed himself. Because the Bible says that he reveals himself, and he is who he says he is. I am who I am and you're either going to like it or you're not, but how we respond to him on this side of eternity depends on how we're going to spend the rest of eternity, and so it's important for us as Christians to actually know what God says about himself in order to, and see him correctly, in order to know how to worship him, and because he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth, and as believers, if we can become those believers that see Jesus properly, it's actually a good thing. It's not restricting, it's actually freeing because once you see Jesus properly, you'll be able to worship and praise in the middle of any storm. You'll be able to worship and praise in front of any Jericho and you'll be able to worship and praise through any fire the devil tries to put you through. And so there are, yeah, amen. That one clap's good, we'll take it. I'm just kidding, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that, but you can. Okay. Okay. First point, because there's three points, obviously, uh, to this message. The first point of how to praise through any storm, fire, um, et cetera, is predetermine your praise. Predetermine your praise. A good starting question, just to self-evaluate, become self-aware, is my praise conditional or is my praise committed? Is my praise dependent on my circumstances or is my praise in spite of my circumstances. Psalm 34, verse one to four says this, and it's King David telling us how we should respond to God um, with our praise. He said, I will bless the Lord sometimes. I will bless the Lord when I buy Bitcoin at a dip. I will bless the Lord when my daughter gets eight hours of sleep. In Jesus' name, I do do that. But I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it, be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It's a beautiful scripture. But it's basically saying, David's saying, hey, I'm gonna pre-decide before my emotions get in the mix of it that Jesus is worthy of my praise, come what may. Come what may, I will worship him. Come what may, I will praise him. Even if I don't feel like it. And I bet there are some people in here that right now do not feel like praising God because of what you're walking through. But I guarantee if you choose to do it anyway, you will be at perfect peace because your mind is stayed on the Lord. And the Bible says that God will make your heart at perfect peace whose minds are fixed on him. And so. That's why, or that's, that's, that's the praise, that's the posture we should have. Maybe you're asking, why should we do that? Um, well, I have three scriptures to, to talk about that. So we got Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. And basically it's, it's summarizing, he is the God of our salvation. And if nothing else, we should be praising him. It says, Through the, though the fig tree may not blossom. I don't know if anybody has fig trees in their backyard. Nor fruit on the vines. I want a vineyard. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. In other words, My life is a wreck. Uh, Though the flock may be cut off from the field and there be no herd in the stalls. That's a bad day, no herd in the stalls. uh, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. In other words, I will rejoice because he's the God of my salvation. That's it. I don't need any other reason. I just need to praise him because he's the God of my salvation. That's good enough. Psalm 63. Verse three to four says this, and it's about his love being better than life. Anything that life could offer us, his love is actually better than. It says, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Better than any hit of cocaine, better than any drink, better than any video game, better than the Raiders winning the Super Bowl. And I think that might be an emotional high for me outside of being married and my daughter being born. I think that would be number three. I'm just kidding. Obviously being saved is, but my point is his love I've never encountered anything that is better than his love. Not a thing. And I've tried a lot of stuff. Nothing compares to the love of God. So I'm going to praise him because of that. And then obviously Romans eight twenty-eight, we should praise because we actually know the end from the beginning. He's already working out the mess in your life for good. And that word for good means for benefit, for profit, and for good use for you. Not just for him, good for you. For God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And So we've got to predetermine our praise. I remember, uh, you know, this has been something that I've been obviously working out, you know, for the last seven years, but I'm glad that I worked a little bit of it out before 2020 (laughs) because in 2020, I needed it. And one of the things that my wife and I decided a long time ago was we're gonna praise God through anything because we started with basically nothing when we got married and we decided, you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what we have or don't have, no matter what, God blesses with, or, you know, we don't have, we're gonna praise God. And so God had been, you know, blessing us and building us financially and all these things. And so, you know, 2020 was gonna be a big year, obviously, 2020 vision, like my vision card, I think I had two of them. Like it was that, that exciting of a year, shredded a bunch of stuff, and then came into 2020, super pumped. Um, You know, we're gonna buy a house. We were going to, you know, make a baby. All these things were gonna happen. And so we come into 2020 you know, March comes, the whole world shuts down, our business starts tanking, and then, you know, we start, we're like, okay, well, I guess we're not gonna buy a house yet, we'll we'll buy a house at the end of the year, business will pick up, and then we go into the summer, and then we're like, okay, um, you know, we're gonna try and have a baby, you know, months go by, and I'm not making like that, thank God it was not a super long time, I know people that have waited a long time, so not trying to make it sound like it was harder than it was, but there was still doubt that crept in, and there was, 2020 was already a hard enough year, I'm like, man, I can't take another hit, but I'm going to praise God and I'm going to trust him that he's got a baby on the way. But all these thoughts, like, what if you guys won't get pregnant? What if it's going to be like people you've heard of and you're just going to have to go through and it's going to be years. And then all these things started going through my head, but I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to choose to worship. I'm going to choose to praise God. Even though my situation looked like it's going way backwards, I'm going to choose to praise God. And then, you know, uh, God bless Dr. Matt Michaela and the executive team. They're like, Hey, you know, we need some strength to go out to Salt Lake City, support the team, et cetera. Um, I'm like, great, let's think of some people. And they're like, we thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? And uh, so we go out there and I'm like, wait, I need to grow my business, not leave the city that people know me and go to a city that people don't know me and then spend most of my time, you know, helping build the team there. And, uh, and so we did, but then immediately we got pregnant. So that was a miracle. Didn't know God was gonna do that. And I think it was the altitude probably. <laughs> And uh, the cold weather, probably, I don't know how that would work, but I think that that did something. And then, uh, and so that was amazing. But then, you know, we're like, okay, well, you know, we got that. Like, that's great. And then, but, you know, financially, you know, we're still believing God. And then we come back and the market is insane. Like the craziest it's ever been, house market. And we're like, okay, well, you know, another opposition, another gate, another Jericho. I'm going to have to praise through. And we start praising and then, you know, then we get into you know, the latter part, we got our house, miracle, amazing, praise God. But then as soon as we get in the house, I'm like, we got to renovate this thing. Like we bought a fixer upper, basically. Like, that's not awesome. I didn't plan on that financially. So I praise God, God, you're going to provide a way. Guess what? He provided a way. Then one thing after another, we find out that the way that we wanted to have Brielle naturally at home We were not allowed to do now. We had to go to the hospital to do that because of some health things and realize what else is going to fly at us. But you know what? I'm going to choose to praise anyway because you cannot take my praise devil. And guess what? The most beautiful thing happened at the end of that year. We had beautiful Brielle on July 5th, 2021, perfectly healthy. We live in a home that is almost finished renovation wise and is absolutely in love. And we bought it for 75K under what the market value was in the middle of 2021, which was absolutely insane, total miracle. And we had the best year in business last year, by far six X better than 2020. So while we were going through all kinds of hits and maybe you feel like you're in the middle of a knockout battle, praise God and know that he's working it out together for your good and predetermine your praise now. So no matter what, what, what hit comes your way, No matter what uppercut the enemy tries to land, I'm gonna praise God and shove it to the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Point number two, face the facts, but see the truth. Face the facts, but see the truth. Let me just say this. I need to be really clear. Denying what you are experiencing physically and emotionally is not what we're talking about. We don't wanna deny what you're seeing experiencing emotionally because that's actually not faith doesn't take a lot of faith to deny what is actually happening and just say what God says about something. Acknowledging, hey, this is really bad. Like, hey, the doctors said this, but I'm going to believe God. Hey, I know the housing market looks like there's no way we're going to buy a home and get any kind of deal. I, I, I can see that, but I'm going to believe God that he surrounds me with favor like a shield. I know that it looks like we're going through all kinds of— but. I know what God says about the situation. I know my kid looks off the rocker, but guess what? God says that prodigals can come home and worship him, that if we teach them of the Lord when they're young, they will, when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So it's good to have God's word on our mouth, but it's actually a healthy thing to process things and actually give faith its proper response because that's what elevates Jesus. That's actually real faith, choosing to see and believe the truth regardless of what your circumstance looks like because there's a higher realm of authority than the, the physical realm and it's the spiritual realm. Jesus actually modeled this really well for us in Matthew 26. It's when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. They just had their last supper. Jesus is about to get betrayed, handed over, crucified. And he says, yo, let's do a men's prayer, boys. Like that's, that's basically, basically what he says. That's why we do it Tuesday morning. It's not like we just came up with this idea out of nowhere, it's biblical. And uh, Jesus doesn't deny what is actually in front of him. That's what I love about him is he's you know 100% human, 100% divine. And he shows us how to live this. He says, It says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee. You see, there's a group that you call your friends, but there's a few people that should know everything about your life and that you should bring with you to a prayer. And that's why we don't have 10 people in a prayer circle. We got three or four or five max, because there's a few people that need to know and can pray with you and stand with you and believe with you. And he says, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. He said that. There are preachers that will say that is not, that is not faith. That is, that is, that is your curse in yourself. Like that, that, but Jesus did it. So if Jesus did it, what should we learn from it? That it's actually good to confront what the facts say, but actually believe that God is bigger. He said, stay here and watch with me. So he actually wanted to process with his friends. He wanted them to pray for him. He went a little farther, fell on his face, prayed saying, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. There's been a number of times where I've been going through some stuff and I said, God, if you can take this thing from me, if you can just let it depart, I just, I'm done with it. But not your will, be, not my will, but your will be done. Like if we can get to that posture, that's the posture that glorifies God. And He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And I love it because Jesus didn't deny the reality of the cross. He didn't say, no, God's gonna save me from this. I'm not gonna go to the cross. I'm not gonna die. It's not gonna be painful. No, he knew knew it was gonna happen, but he also knew that God was gonna resurrect him. So he didn't just think, oh, this is just gonna be terrible. He knew God was able to do it. He acknowledged how it looked and felt in the physical realm and processed with his trusted friends, asked them to pray men's and women's prayer but then going to God and trying to get rid of it, but also saying, hey, at the end of the day, if this is what your will is, I know you're going to work it out for my good because I know you and your nature is good. Your nature is for me to be better off than when you found me. And I know that you can raise me from the dead. So I'm going to trust in you, even though this looks like it's going to be painful. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Um, I mean, this is exactly, you know, what happened when we came back from Salt Lake City. We could have looked at the market and said, you know what, let's just wait for it to dip. Let's just, let's just wait for it. And I'm thankful I've got great friends and realtors in, you know, John Teresa Mack who are amazing they're faith filled And, you know, they, they were with us three years in the process when we first tried to qualify for a home. And there was one area I probably was blind to and didn't want to look at because I was so ashamed from spending $100,000 and just wasting it. I don't want to look at my finances. I don't want to look at my like my app on my phone. I didn't want to make a budget because I was afraid that if I looked at it, that God might not be big enough to deal with the situation I needed him to deal with. But God wanted me to have strength enough to look at it and to know that he's with me in it. And so we went to the lender, you know, this was four years ago and, and, uh, and he's like, okay, well you can qualify for this much, not much, but like you've got to pay off $37,000 of debt if you even want to qualify for this much. And so it was a reality check and it made me question, wow, Am I enough? Am I good? And then I had to go back to the word God. You told me I was good enough. And so we actually even went into escrow on a home and ended up having to pull out because I went in there just thinking, oh, I don't need to address this. God's going to save me from it. God's going to deliver me from it. I don't need to look at the reality or the facts. I just need to say the word of God over the situation. It's all going to take care of itself. Well, guess what? That wasn't faith. That wasn't faith. Faith was we pulled out and realized, I got some work to do. There's some things God has clearly told us to do in the Bible that until we do them, he won't be able to do what he needs to do because he does not want to break you under the blessing he wants to get to you. He wanted me to have that house, but he didn't want that house to have me and then end up wrecking my life. There are some things you've been believing for, praying for, speaking out, but there you know there's some things that God said, do this, take care of this, deal with this, face the facts, but see the truth. God's for you, he's with you. And we chose to see the truth that God could get us a deal even in the middle of a crazy market. And guess what? He did that too. So face the facts in the the physical, but see the truth in the spiritual realm and that will lead to your miracle. Last point, remember eternity. This is the most important thing. Remember eternity. This one thing, this is everything. When it comes to your praise in the middle of storms, in the middle of craziness, this is everything. Revelation 21, verse four to five says this, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write for these words are true and faithful. I think some of us need to let that seep in a little bit that the pain you're experiencing right now, the pain of 2020, the pain of 2021, the pain of life in general, will one day not be here. It will one day be gone, it will one day be a distant memory. And we'll be standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we'll ask ourselves, did I keep eternity in mind? Did I keep the reality of my salvation in mind when I went through some things that at the time looked crazy, at the time looked difficult, at the time were very painful and real, but in light of eternity, we're just, we're just blips. They were just not that big of a deal. And 2 Corinthians 4:18 says it really well. It says, don't look at the troubles you can see now, rather fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, which is heavenly things. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You see, if we remember eternity and keep that in mind, everything else starts to make sense. Everything else we can make peace with because the devil at the end of the day cannot take a praise he hasn't given us because we already won. We already won. The end game, the thing that matters the most, which is where you're going to spend eternity, has already been secured if you're in relationship with Jesus. Now I know that can seem far off, and I know that can seem distant, and I know that can seem like forever from now, and not even maybe even in a sense real. But it's the realest thing in our life, and it's the most important thing in our life. Matthew ten twenty eight paints it pretty clearly and pretty abruptly: um, what we should fear and what we shouldn't fear. Matthew ten twenty it says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Kind of intense. I know, I know, I know, but it's in the Bible and it's real. And we don't have to fear anything if we fear God. The Bible says, I lack nothing because I fear you. I honor you. I put you in your rightful place. And if I put you in your rightful place, it's easy to worship you. If I put you as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who saved me, the one who healed me, the one who delivered me, the one who restored me, the one who made it possible for me to go to heaven. If I, if I put you in that rightful place, seated at the right hand of the Father, if I, if I can just elevate you. That's why Psalm 34 says, magnify the Lord. Make him bigger than what you're walking through. The problem isn't the problem. The problem is God is not big enough in your eyes. And I realized that a while ago, anytime I'm going through anything, I just need to remember I need to go on my walk. I need to take my dog on a walk and I need to pray. And I need to turn on some worship. That's what I do. And even the last, you know, last weekend we had some stuff going on. I was like, what the heck? And I couldn't get my head around it. And I remembered, oh, I've just made God small. That's what happened. I made God small. I made this problem really big. I made this mountain really big and I made God small again. Well, guess what? I'm going to go and I'm gonna do what I do and go into your quiet place, wherever that is. Mine's not necessarily like a room. It's a walk. And I go on a walk and I put my AirPods in and I play come what may. And I say, God, you're great. God, you're faithful. God, you're bigger. I elevate you. You're the the king of kings, the Lord. You're the son of the most high. You you are the only one that gets my worship because at your name, every knee bows and that starts with me. At your name, devils tremble. At your name, sickness leaves. At your name, hell itself shakes you see the miracle of salvation will keep you through trial and tribulation as long as you don't grow familiar with it and forget the gravity of what it really means i remember as i mentioned i lost my dad at nine i almost lost my mom the next year after from the same thing a massive heart attack and i remember at that moment i began having basically not not full-on night terrors but you know a ton of anxiety because i would think about what happens next i would think about where's my dad because I grew up Catholic and Jewish. So I had no clear picture of what actually happens in eternity. It was either, you know, I actually don't know what they said in Catholic mass because I'd fall asleep too soon. But in synagogue, it was like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're taken care of. Like you're, you're in the vine, you're fine. Um, but I didn't really believe that. And I didn't really have assurance of that. And so I remember literally sitting in my bed at night being so afraid of what was next, being so afraid. And this is the reality for people that don't know Jesus. This is a real thing they think about. If they don't think about it, they numb it. Because I, I basically got to the point where I couldn't handle the question anymore. I had so much anxiety. So, you know, at 14, I started doing drugs. At 15, I started drinking and then partying and doing whatever I could to numb out the thought that what is gonna happen after this life? Am I just gonna sit under six feet. Am I going to feel that? Am I going to know that? Am I going to be conscious? Am I going to be unconscious? Am I, am I just not going to exist is forever is a long time. And so I would be haunted by this. And then I remember I came to church. I got an invite. My life was a wreck. I knew I needed something. Didn't think it was going to be in a church, but I said, Hey, I've tried everything else. Might as well try this again. Now that I'm a little older, I walk in, looks like a nightclub. I'm like, this is cool. Not church that I grew up in. And, uh, I remember, you know, Pastor John gets up. I'm like, wow, pastors are really good looking now. Um, this is cool. I like him. I can vibe with him. And then, you know, he starts, you know, preaching a message called Big Hero Six. And I'm like, why are there movies in church? Why are there screens in church? Why is there anything like this in church? And then he starts talking about David and Goliath. I'm like, I know that, read that in Hebrew school. And then he starts talking about Jesus. He starts talking about how Jesus came because God so loved me, me, Alex, he loved me. He didn't just love the world generically, he loved me. He loved me so much that he sent Jesus, the most prized possession, he sent Jesus to to die on a cross for me. That that guy hanging on a cross in Catholic mass when I would go there, every week was not just some random happening. It wasn't just some historical event. It was the event that changed everything for all of humanity because we could have assurance that Jesus took our place and that I could have eternity secure. So I made a decision seven years ago when I got saved. My wife talks about it all the time. She's like, babe, nothing seems to really shake you. Nothing seems to really stress you out. Nothing seems to make you afraid. I say, it can't because I remember how scared I was. I remember how fearful I was. I remember the biggest thing, the most important thing I had no assurance of. And now that I do, you can kill my body. You can take my stuff. You can try and mandate all you want, but you cannot take my soul because my soul is secure at the right hand of the Father. My soul has assurance and that assurance is Jesus. And so come what may, I will worship. Come what may, I will praise. Nothing will steal my praise and I ain't giving it away for nothing because He's worthy. If only for that, He's worthy. If only for that, He's worthy. And so when we live in light of eternity, nothing compares and nothing can steal our praise. So, I want to close by praying for a couple groups of people. So, if everyone could just bow your heads, close your eyes, real quick. The first type of person I want to pray for is like me. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You're not in a relationship with Him. You maybe know God or you say you believe God. But if I were to ask you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus where He is your Savior, He's your Lord? you said, I'm turning away from my old life. I'm gonna give that up and I'm gonna embrace following Jesus, not just meeting him, but you're gonna follow him. And today you're like, I need to do that because I don't have peace. I don't have assurance of where I'm gonna spend eternity. And that's a pretty important thing. And I wanna face the facts, but I wanna see the truth that if I believe in Jesus, that I will have eternity secure. Or maybe the second type of person, maybe you once walked with God, you know, worshiped him, came to church but for some reason you walk away you fell away you ran away and you're saying today i can't i can't go any further i've got to make this decision i've got to recommit my life and friends there's grace for that there's mercy for that you can come back to the father because he loves you and he's got open arms for you so on the count of three i'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you're in one of those two groups of people just so i know who i'm praying for one friend god loves you two I promise you'll never be the same. Three, if you could just lift your hand wherever you're at, just so I know I'm praying for, her, nice and high, so I can see. Beautiful, I see your hand. I see your hand here over the front. Beautiful, I see your hand. There's hands everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful, I see your hand. I see your hand here. Beautiful, I see your hand over there. I see your hand. Beautiful, I see your hand going to wait 10 more seconds because someone waited 10 seconds for me if your heart is racing right now that is the god of the universe knocking on the door of your heart and he loves you and he wants you to respond is there anyone like that is there just one more hand is there just one more person thank you jesus beautiful i see your hand beautiful beautiful all right if we could all stand to our feet i want to do something a little different Because I did promise everyone who I asked to raise their hand that I would pray with them. And I have not figured how to fly around a room yet. Maybe a drone one day will do that for me. But until then, I have not figured that out. I want to actually invite you to come down and meet me personally. I'm going to get off the stage. I'm going to come here. And so if you raise your hand, I want you to do something really brave. I want you to smile, show your teeth, look to the person next to you, say, hey, I raised my hand. I'd like to go down and get prayer. If someone next to you raised their hand, I want you to smile, look at them, say, hey, sorry, you raised your hand. Can you come down? I'll walk down with you. And if you're next to someone you thought, raise your hand. I want you to smile. Look at them. So come on down. Come on down. I want to invite you. Come on down. We saw you. Come on down. Come on down. I want to meet you. Come on down. Come on. We're going to applaud. We're going to celebrate. We're going to worship. As they come on down. Come on down. Come on
0: down. Come on down.
1: incredible we have all these amazing people that your lives are going to change forever. I did this seven years ago, and I still remember March 29th, 2015. It was a day that everything changed. It was a day that Jesus becomes Savior and Lord of my life. And if you're feeling something right now, it's okay to be emotional because Jesus is literally at the door of your heart right now, and everything's going to shift. Literally, the, the king of the universe is about to come into your heart, and he's going to take every pain, every difficult thing that happened to you, every, every tormenting thing, every evil thing, and he's gonna wipe it away like it's white as snow. All that all that in your head and your heart that says, you could never deserve something like this, you never earned it, that's a beautiful thing. Jesus says it, I did it. Jesus says, I have done this for you, it's a gift. It's not about what you did or didn't do. I grew up thinking if I was good enough, I'd go to heaven. If I was bad enough, I'd go to hell. The good news is Jesus says, no, 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 I took it all on the cross. It doesn't matter what you did, what you're doing or what you will do, I took it all and your eternity is secure. So we're gonna say this prayer together, in faith, with all of our heart, soul, and strength. And everybody here, let's say this together. And I don't want you to leave. This is the most important part of the service. At one point, we all made this decision, so let's honor this decision and honor Jesus. So let's say this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for my sins. I give you my old life. I thank you that you took every mistake every sin, every wrong thing that I did or that happened to me, past, present, or future, and you took it with you to the grave. I thank you that I have new life in you. Heaven is my home. God is my father. And come what may, I will serve you, I will follow you, and I will worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.